Hi, I'm Maggie Hackett. And I'm Mary Frances Galandri. And you're listening to Between, Between the Bookends, which is a podcast series about two college writers and their experiences. And this week, our topic is outlining, sketching a novel. Yep. And so I guess I will start off with um, how I kind of outline a book. Um, I actually call my outline like a planning guide. I don't know why that name just stuck. Um, I guess I needed something to call it. Um, but I usually start off with um, some kind of inspiration that strikes me, I guess, an idea. Um, a lot of it comes from dreams, as I've said before, which is because they're just weird and fascinating. Um, but uh, sometimes just during the day, if I just think of something, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I need to write that down now on paper. <laughs> um, so, um, but besides the idea, uh, usually I have to think of a place that um, I want the book to take place in, a setting, essentially. So um, that's really important for me, especially because I like to move around a lot. Um, I like the idea of like researching new places and travel and stuff. So usually my books will take place um, in random places around the world that interest me. Um, and then I usually have a section for names. Um, I really like doing research on the different names um, depending on the culture. Um, and I, I kind of sort through the ones that I, I like that sound the best. And I know Mary Fran's picky about names too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I really, um, I have to have names that I like the way they sound or the way like it would suit a character. Absolutely. I, I can't, yeah, even, really important. <laughs> even when I'm reading a book, if I don't like the character's name, that really, really distracts me. Yes. If I really don't like the name, I'm like, that's annoying. <laughs> like, I'll just look at the name and just be like, mm, I don't like it. Like, that's not what his name should be. <laughs> I've done Mary that. Mary Fran wants to rename it. <laughs> yeah, and I would. That's funny. Um, but other than names, um, which kind of require some research on, like, the culture part, and, like, the different, like, baby name websites are really helpful for that. Um, they give you a whole bunch of ideas, and mm -hmm. um, I really like looking at the meaning behind names. And I think yes. one of my books, I tried to make a name that matched the meaning of, like, that person. And mm -hmm. I'm like, this is going to be really hard, but I kind of want to do it. <laughs> so I tried doing that. That's also a name I liked and had, um, like, a meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I think I did one book that was fully through with, like, meaningful names. But I think if I start adding on, like, minor characters, they don't really have like meaning behind their name. I'm not gonna really yeah. think too much about that. But some, I think one of my books actually did stick all the way through with um, meaning behind the names. I did that in one of my books. Like there was one book I wanted the character, she was innocent and I wanted the name to be something that the name meant innocent. Yeah. And then so I, I mean, I did a ton of research trying to find her name <laughs> to create this character's name. And it took me weeks to get a character name, and I finally got one, and it, it's perfect for the character. So, I mean, I was like, okay, that was worth it. Yeah. But definitely. I usually don't, I mean, I, sometimes I look for name, meanings behind names, but oftentimes I just pick names I like. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm starting to lean towards more yeah. of that now. <laughs> and, but you have a lot more culturally books that are more impacted by where, where things are taking place. Yeah, that's, that's true. And that's a lot different when you're trying to pick names, for sure. 
Um, and then besides names, uh, I usually write out a general plot. All of this is happening in like a Word document basically, by the way. <laughs> um, but I usually sketch out like a general plot. Sometimes it's a paragraph, sometimes it's like a page. Um, just depends on how many ideas are flowing. Sometimes it's bullet points. Um, and sometimes I'll have like I'll have a thing that says ending and then I'll put a colon at it and then I'll have like a bunch of bullet points as like what different ways I can take and um, as soon as I get a new idea I'll just add it in there and see which, where the ending will go once I kind of get towards the end of the book. Um, but that's kind of a thing that me and Mary Fran were discussing earlier is that um, we're kind of writers that write off the cuff like we type as we create the story mostly we don't have everything completely planned out no that's that's when I get things that surprise the hell out of me in books like yeah that wasn't I didn't think that was going to okay <laughs> and you're just like all right I guess that's what's gonna happen you just kind of gotta let the characters take the reins sometimes I was I was actually talking to myself about this this morning I was sitting there thinking about it. I'm like you know my care it's not necessarily me that writes the books it's the characters that take me along for the ride True. As their kind of scribe, if you will. True. The characters direct the whole story, in my opinion. And definitely, if they have, like, some kind of, like, major change or um, development or something that, um, you know, requires them to be, like, have something different happen, then the plot needs to follow accordingly. Absolutely. Um... And then, I think in one of my um, planning guides I had uh, things to remember. Um, some of these might include like, uh, like um, research based things. Like when I was doing my book about like ancient Egypt that took place there, I had to, um, well, um, I read a book that was actually the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I tried to get as close to the original translation as possible. And it was actually a very interesting book, um, but I took, um, uh, I tried to write down a lot of terms from there that were used, um, so I could kind of bring that into my writing, so I would kind of enhance it a little bit more and make it a little bit more towards that time period, but still understandable to people, you know, obviously, who are going to read it in modern times. So I think that was really cool and that was really fun um, to do. And... Um, there's one other thing. Oh yeah, maps. Um, I, I always like to have uh, a visual of where my book is going to take place and if they're moving around from city to city or even uh, country to country I want, I want a map to see kind of where they're at. If they're near a body of water or something that's pretty important um, or like where their homes are. I, I want a general idea of the city. Um, Oh, also, I really like to, um, if I have just a really good line in my head that I come up with um, for a scene or whatever, I don't know where it's going to go in yet, I, if I have a catchy, pretty line, I will just write it out, right in my planning guide, because I don't want to lose it. I'll be like, I'll fit this in somewhere, so That's what I, I won't too. have to lose it. Yeah, did that too. I, I, my last book that I finished, Unbound, I had like three or four lines that right when I was like doing my planning, I'm like, these have got to be in there. I think only about two of them made it in there, but I mean, I think it was important to have them mm -hmm. there so that I, you know, they were, they were there and that, that they were kind of a starting point in a way. Exactly. It kind of helps you, I don't know, and sometimes there are quotes like in dialogue that kind of relate from character to character, so I think that's important too. 
Um, yeah, it, it's it's fun to write down something when you when you're like, oh, that's really pretty. And it, whether or not you use it is you know your choice. But um, I think it's a good thing to do is if you have a really good line, just jot it down and keep it somewhere where you'll remember it so you don't forget. Um, and then also I kind of just write down like a general trajectory of where the novel's going as kind of we discussed earlier. We don't really have a full thing planned out um, that much. It just kind of let the characters take us where they will. Um, and then I also, as I've kind of said earlier, I, I usually have like a bullet point um, with uh, ending on it and then I have a bunch of alternate things that could happen or sometimes I'll like make the plot like have a paragraph and I'll say or this could happen so it'll just kind of depend and once I get to the end of the book I might change it or I might leave it with the original ending that I had planned. And then lastly uh, I for one of my novels I had um, themes that were written out because I think it's pretty important to have you know some kind of like general um, struggle that you want to kind of um, portray behind the novel. Like you could have a theme like um, companionship, jealousy, sibling rivalry, um, love versus lust, stuff like that, just general themes which are um, good to include. Those can be really important, Maggie, I agree with that. Uh, while my writing proce uh, planning process is actually quite similar to Maggie's in a lot of ways, um, I, I'm definitely an off-the-cuff writer. I do not write by these strict outlines. That's why I have a hard time doing outlines in school. Most uh, teachers think, oh, you, you're a writer, you do outlines. I'm like, um, that's a stereotype. I, I don't do outlines like in the most traditional sense. However, I do do a lot of pre-book planning, I guess, is what kind of like what Maggie had her, her planning guide. Um, my, like Maggie, I start off usually with an idea or a, um, some type of problem or plot. Um, my, while Maggie's ideas tend to come from dreams, mine tend to come from stuff I see around me or stuff I see on television or in film or even in society in general. Like for example, um, the idea for the book I'm currently writing, Dreams, came from watching a lot of different documentaries about music, the music scene in the 70s, watching History of the Eagles and um, similar documentary films um, was the basis for the, the, the end as well as the music for the basis of that story. So that's where that story kind of came from and, um, and then I just started to kind of build everything to build everything around that idea and kind of that it was this actually kind of a setting thing because it was a time period. Right. Instead of a place it was a time period and I'm like okay now I gotta build everything around it which is what I did. Uh, after that it comes because to me in my opinion, the character is the most important part of the story. Um, there's a lot of argument about that in the writing community about what the most important part of element of stories. My, to me, is characters because char other without characters you would not have your story. That's true. Um, and names are fun. Um, I with one of my books I did do na uh, meanings behind my names, but with a lot of books I just pick pretty names <laughs> that I like. <laughs> uh, romance novel names are kind. Romances are kind of where I get my names because. They tend to have really, I feel like those names are really well picked. And there's a lot of the same names that come up. There's a lot of Jakes in romance novels. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> names that come up again. And again, Zach is a common name. Adam. I mean, there's names that just come up consistently. And sometimes those are just familiar. And I mean, I have used both of those names in books. 
Yeah, I've used both of those names. I'm sitting there <laughs> so a lot of times it's just a name I have to like. I have to like the name, though, or I'm not going to name my character that. I tend to not care so much about minor characters, though. I can yeah. just usually slap a name on, and it's fine. But for definitely for my main characters, I have to do that. And I have to have the names picked before I start. Like, Me the too. names have to be picked. Like, usually even when I'm conceiving the idea initially, like, the characters have to have names. It kind of, like, is, like, a way of giving your character almost, like, a face and, like, a personality. Identity. Yeah, an identity, exactly. It's, it's rather than being, oh, that story with that thing. And yeah. It's, it's, like, the story, and even if you don't even have a title yet, and titles will be our topic next week, but even if you don't have a title yet, it's the story with whatever character you can, you know. I mean, it, at least it's identifiable then. Exactly. Rather than that unnamed story idea with an unnamed characters which i actually have right now and i don't like it i have an un- a completely untitled story with unnamed characters at this point and i'm like i don't like it it's like the girl with the black hat yeah <laughs> who <laughs> i literally call it my untitled romantic suspense that's literally what i've been calling it in my notes i'm like i don't like this at all so i'm gonna have to work on names with that but that's cool that'll be that's a little down the road um maggie i know does her um planning on her on a word document my planning is usually done um, hard copy sometimes. I mean, it depends. I For the last couple books I've written, I've actually had enough information to where I used a binder, um, a physical binder, and create, you know, um, put different uh, research uh, uh, items within there, be it like different web pages, images that stuck out to me in magazines. Um, I used a program actually online called LitLift, and it's a really cool program that provides a... Um, outline template and you can just fill in the information and you don't have to like have an outline format but it's like a good character information like all your character information all in one place like height eye color all yeah, these different all these different background information really useful um so i use that and i oftentimes put that stuff all in a binder together and then that's all together and then i have different images but that's usually and i carry that with me and i kind of just i'll read through that stuff and highlight what's important and i can refer back to that whenever i need it so it's really good to have something like that, I feel. Um, everybody makes fun of me for this. But for me, I'm very visual. I, I need um, visual aids to help me write, and I need visual help aids to help inspire me when I'm writing. So Pinterest is my best friend in writing. Pinterest boards are like what I need. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> so I, I have um, seen her Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. So I create um, a Pinterest board for every book I write, and there I can put um, actors and actresses who inspire my characters as far as appearance. I can put images of places that inspire my book, items, play- things, I mean just any anything that's very relevant to the book I can put in that, that Pinterest uh, board and I can, it's like the binder, I can constantly refer back to it and just look at the pictures and kind of analyze it and use it as a really good um, reference tool for myself. and. It also just keeps inspiring you as you write. Like, I can keep adding things to this board as I'm writing. Sometimes even after you're done and when, when the book's out. And also, besides doing that, in, in the end it can also, um, since Pinterest is a social media outlet, it can provide um, some information to your readers as to what was inspiring you as you wrote. It's a little more interactive of a way to, yeah. to work with your readers. Although I do keep my Pinterest boards, um, as, as my books are works in progress, I keep them secret boards so nobody can see them until, I usually don't put them out until I have a set date for my book to come out. I usually kind of keep the boards secret because then I can edit 
things as I'm going. Things change when you're writing a book. Mm-hmm. Even character I- people ideas change. So, whoa, must be getting tired. Um, <laughs> so those things change. So that way my Pinterest board is pretty much perfect when it's up to go for people to actually see. But it's really, to me, that's probably one of the most useful tools I have. It may seem like I'm playing around on there for hours doing nothing, but really a lot of times I actually am doing stuff and looking up stuff can really be helpful and give you a real true visual of what you're going to write for me. At least that's my experience with Pinterest. Um, Another um, thing that I use, um, actually more when I begin writing or even pre-writing, I do not write in Microsoft Word, I used to, but I'm currently writing my first, these new two books are my first books I'm ever writing in a program called Scrivener. And Scrivener is a um, paid program for writers. Um, it was originally created for uh, the Mac operating system, but it's now available for Windows as well. And it's a writing program that allows you to keep all your research with your book. And it allows you to work by chapter rather than having one excessively long Word document <laughs> where you have to find your spot every time. This uh, when you nice. when you open oh, Scrivener chapter. when you open Scrivener it opens you right up to where you were. Nice. the last thing you worked on and what's nice is so you create a folder so there's a whole binder it's called a binder for your whole book and then you have f- folders for each chapter and then you have little you can have subfolders um and sub documents for like p- different parts of your chapter chapter like if for example if your book switches perspective or something like that and you can also separate your books by parts that's what i'm doing for dreams currently you can, when you create your novel, when you actually create it on Scrivener, you can say, I want a novel with parts, or I don't want a novel with parts. I just want a straight fiction novel. It's very mm-hmm. efficient in creating, and I can have all of my research visual aids. Very organized, me. too. I it's, like it. It's extremely organized. Um, I luckily didn't have to pay for it. I got bought it with a gift card, but it's a it's a $50 program, which really isn't that that's bad. Reasonable. It's reasonable, and also, I mean, depending on how much you're using it, I think that's what's really important. I actually had it for years, but I, I couldn't, for some reason, I wasn't very motivated to learn it when I first got it, but then I kept hearing what good things, it, how good it was, and how it kept you so organized and everything, so I decided I was going to switch, and I did switch, and I do love it. I mean, there's still things about it I'm trying to learn, but I think it's a really great program to work in. Um, so uh, I highly recommend working in Scrivener because I can have all my research right there with me. And I also like even I added an acknowledgments page in this current book because I feel like there's a lot of things, um, resource material that's helped me when outlining this book. There's been films and music, so I wanted to make sure I acknowledge those pieces. And in Scrivener, I was able to do that. You can work from any part of the book, too. Like, you could be working on the ending if you wanted to. It's, like, all set up really nice. It's a very, very organized program. I highly recommend uh, taking a look at it if you have the chance. It's a great program as for a writer in any stage. Um, And Maggie and I were talking about this actually earlier. We were talking about how we... um, Maggie's not as visual as I am, but Maggie does like some visual. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes for our books, um, we like to create um, mock covers, kind mm-hmm. of, maybe not, they're obviously not permanent, but covers that can be tentatively used as kind of an idea of what the cover might eventually look like. Yeah, like a prototype, kind of. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I've been creating prototype covers for a long time. I know I did one for my first book, Helen Heels. 
It was a really horrible cover. I remember it. I can still see it. It's horrible. It was on the front of my... I hand-wrote my books at the time, and I had it stuck in the front of the notebook. It was kind of something that kept me like, oh, that's what the kind of... And believe it or not, the actual elements from the cover on that I created are the elements that are included on the cover of <laughs> the book. Like, my, I was not far off. I'm just not that's as good, good of... I'm just not as good of a Photoshop artist as my cover designer. Like, she's an expert. I mean, and but, so it's funny that the idea was always there, and it stuck. But, like, even um, on my research binders, that's where I keep my prototype covers. Unbound is, uh, which is my uh, book that I'm hopefully going to be putting out at some point in the next couple months. I have had the, co I've had the cover image picked out a long time. since probably before I started writing the book, to be honest. I needed a cover. And I knew kind of what I wanted to go for. Yeah, Maggie knows that, and she even knows the image, because I always, um, I always feel comfortable, really comfortable bouncing my ideas off of Maggie, because I know Maggie's very interested and she understands the whole writer thing. So um, she knew this. I, I said to her, I remember one day, oh, I got to show you this picture. This is the picture I want for the cover, and she loved it too. It's just very simple, and I think it'll be really awesome. It's and, beautiful. And then we were talking about um, just earlier. We were talking about I was she was asking what the cover for Dreams was going to look like, what I had an idea for, and then I explained to her kind of what I have in my head. Um, I want to do a st uh, record player with uh, old stereo headphones on a wooden, maybe on a wooden um, type of like table. Table, yeah, that's a good word. Um, but I want it to be kind of brown, kind of vintagey, because um, like wood paneling was very popular in the 70s which is when mm -hmm. the book was so i think maybe channeling the wood paneling look yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know what's kind of the idea i've got in my head i don't know yet but i mean that's kind of the rough sketch i've got going on for that cover but i i kind of need that almost to work off of because i kind of need to know the i it's almost like knowing your character knowing the identity of the book yeah i i agree like i feel like at least like say i'll have chapter one or the um, prologue written already, I'm like, I, I need some kind of cover, just not just a title, like I need, I kind of want something just to, you know, have there to be like, wow, like that's gonna be my book, like when I publish it, it's like, it's kind of the motivation for me almost, it's, yes, it's just like, oh, that's gonna look so good, like publish somewhere, either whether it be online or on a shelf, you know, either way, it's just kind of that inspiration maybe like on the document or on you know I guess a notebook if that's your case but it's it's very helpful um, it keeps you thinking mm -hmm. that someday that that's gonna happen maybe that's kind of what the cover will look like it's obviously probably not exact yeah <laughs> but it's certainly like like for me actually the prototype cover I had for my first book as I said it was pretty much what happened to the book I just the photoshopping was better <laughs> like the images were very similar believe it or not so it can happen it can mm -hmm. you can just you just I think that's a good way to to motivate yourself is to do something like that um I thought maybe we would um after since Maggie and I have both expressed our ideas of what outlining is like we could give you some tips for what you we think successful outlining could look like because obviously neither no type of outlining is correct Mm -hmm. There's no perfect outlining. Every author works completely differently, and it all depends on your writing style. Um, my first tip would be make sure you're writing your stuff down somewhere. It doesn't matter where. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it's handwritten. It doesn't matter if you type it. But definitely write something down. 
because mm. otherwise that idea is gonna float out of your head at some point and then you're gonna be like dang it I forgot what it was because I've done that That's so true. make sure I my number one tip is write something write it down mm. it doesn't matter what you write down but write it down now, do you have any a tip um I would maybe say like if you have a different way that your story could go just write it out just in case you want to change it like um and it doesn't have to be perfect you know or if you just have bullet points write that down too or um character development if you want to put um like a personality kind of uh, bullet point around like a character's name on your outline um just make sure that you um include like all the things that you kind of want to make that character be like personality wise and then um, if you do want to change it you could always go back or if they experience a change maybe like make a note of that and then you can go back um, when you're at that point in the book and then have them go through that change and then you'll be like oh yeah I know what I was gonna do. I think that's a really good tip. Um, another one tip I would give is that um, both um, completely doing a um, very detailed, thorough outline and having not, and just guiding, gunning it like we do, neither one of those are wrong. They're both really good ways of writing. It just depends on the type of writer you are. So, you, so pick what works for you. Detailed, thorough outlines obviously keep you better on track mm -hmm. and they keep you kind of, you kind of keep your trajectory going. On the other hand, for me and Maggie, it's a little easier and it gives us more freedom to just um, write off the cuff, but have a few, um, I usually have a few key events in the book yeah. that I know or I need. Or even in the chapter, have like a few uh, key events that are going to happen. Yeah, um, so have those, but um, if you're going to do that, but no, no way of outline is, outlining is wrong. So just you have to do what works for you. That would be my other piece, probably my other bit Definitely. of advice. Um, I think maybe another piece would just be um, use what you need. Mm -hmm. um, if you need a social media outlet like I do, use it. Um, use Pinterest. Use magazines. Use movies. Use uh, actors or actresses. I know I have to have a model for a character. Always. I have to have an actor or actress that looks similar to my character or that I can model my character off of so that I can visually work with that. Um, some authors are not like that. Um, I am. So that works for me. Um, you have to pick what works for you, um, but use multiple resources or whatever resources you like to use. Mm -hmm. I would also say um, for research, um, just because, uh, like, don't just research just to research. Do something that interests you and that you definitely want to include your, in your book, like, um, especially if it takes um, place in another culture, another time, or um, another country. You want to make sure that uh, you're um, kind of being like, I guess, respectful of that culture and, uh, you know, doing a little bit of research on it. I think that's helpful, even if you are writing like fantasy or something like that. I agree with that. I think that's really a nice way of putting it, like, to do that, to, um, to make sure your research interests you. Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes research can get really mm -hmm. mucked up I know because like I, I remember I was doing research on a topic for one of my previous books and it was I mean it was extensive research it was long I mean it was interesting but it was like I was reading 30 pages mm -hmm. and I was just like oh my gosh this is insane 
insanity. What I, but I was learning a lot too. And I, I, it was a lot of research I did apply. So, I mean, you do have to pick what interests you, but I mean, j also look at your look at your sources and kind of be like, okay, if that's a little too in-depth for you too. Mm -hmm. you know. And it doesn't really have to be perfect if you're writing fiction again, but you know, try and be as accurate as you can. And I think taking notes while you're um, researching and including that in your um, planning guide or what, whatever you call it, I call it a planning guide, um, but uh, it definitely including like notes from um, the terms that you know stood out to you that you should know or conditions or whatever depending on what you're writing. Um, write that down so that you don't forget. Yeah and most of all with outlining just have fun with it enjoy mm -hmm. it because it really actually a lot of people say that's a tedious process it's actually a really fun process i enjoy try. outlining it's fun because it's a new idea for a book and you're just like oh this is exciting it's exciting sometimes you want to stay in that phase forever almost, yeah because then, <laughs> then you've got so much and then you're like crap i gotta actually start writing it mm -hmm. and i actually and sometimes that's really scary because mm -hmm. sometimes you don't feel like your story is living up to what you've outlined and and actually that's never true because your book you're your own worst critic yeah that's very so, true <laughs> so your book will be more awesome than you really think it's just it's a matter of having a little faith in yourself and realizing that it's draft number one you need to probably write two or three drafts in mm -hmm. order for it to, or even four sometimes i know authors who've written more than that to get your uh, perfect pro well your product i shouldn't say perfect there's no perfect work but mm -hmm. Those I think are really, I hope those tips can help um, any writers out there um, when in the outlining process. Um, if you have any further questions about outlining, don't hesitate to um, send us any questions you have in, in our uh, to our Tumblr account, betweenthebookends.tumblr.com. Mm -hmm. We'd love to hear from you any questions and answer them on air. Yep, definitely. Um, current reads? We're uh, still in the same place. <laughs> still the same. Actually, um, we're, we're recording a week early, but um, this won't go up till later. Um, right. So technically, we're still at the same as last week because this is last week. Yeah. Ooh, pot twist. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I but I anticipate I I am reading a six hundred page book. I'm I'm pretty sure that I'll still be reading that when you're listening when you're listening to this. I'm sure I'm still going to be reading that because I, it's kind of crazy right now, yeah, and, that's, and it's too, a very long, and it's a very long book. So, but that's okay. We would also love to hear about your current reads too. If Absolutely. You wanna just shoot it in the Q and A. It doesn't have to be a question. It could just be like, oh, hey, I'm reading this, or a comment, or anything. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you in general mm -hmm. at all. Um, next week. And it will be next week. Mm -hmm. Actually. Um, <laughs> um, we will be focusing on titles with our episode called Constructing a Title. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that because honestly, I have to have titles before I start the book. Yes. I, I can't I can't call it the thing. The book yeah. the thing. <laughs> and it really is like a construction process, which we'll kind of talk about later, um, using the right words. It is, and you using trying to convey the mood, even because mm -hmm. I've noticed that that can convey a mood. Definitely, or like even I don't want to get too much into this, but like if I'm looking at, at books at the library or at a bookstore, I, I the title is usually what draws me in. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, that's a book. Not usually the cover, because you usually see the spine of the book. Yes. So the title is very, very defining and important. Mm -hmm. I think title for me and author what I usually um, look at when I'm picking up a book. Mm -hmm. But um, 
if, like if I, for example like a, a author will do it but sometimes if i don't know an author a title will spark spark it and um it's usually actually not the cover it depends I, like there's authors i love who just have pretty covers but <laughs> <laughs> that's nice too and that's nice too, but but usually i'm i'm a um I'm a uh, title. I, Me I, too. I'm like, hmm. I wonder if that's because we're writers. I wonder if like non-writers would feel the same, like, ooh, pretty pretty cover. <laughs> like, I, that's what I, I think some read. people do, though. I mean, I I've so. actually talked to non-writers, and a lot of them are, are more cover people, which that's completely understandable. Yeah. I mean, and I, I understand you do need a good cover, too. Mm -hmm. But that's also another episode upcoming. Yes. But we'll save that for later. We'll save that for later. But, um... Thank you so much for listening Thank again. Um, we really love uh, having you guys listen to us every week. So um, <laughs> yeah. that's all. That's all for this week. And until, until next, next week, week, you'll find, find us between, between the bookends. bookends.